the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This song, what a great song! I love this song. You gotta love the Beach Boys, man. You gotta tell you, this is a great song. I really, you put me in the Christmas spirit doing that. It's a great song. I like it. Ken Yang, this is a great song, is it? Yes, it's good. And it <laughs> celebrates Christmas. We can't hear it enough. Yes, I'm with you on that. I'm with you to- totally on Ken Yang. In today, I I just refer to Ken as a political activist. How many years have we known each other now? Uh, it should be ten years now. Yeah, it's a decade at least. Yeah, yeah. At least. Just started this in 2010. Wow. I'm Heidi. I'm getting old. I tell you, I'm getting old. My tooth. Does my teeth look like they're getting long? <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of young guys and young women. That's great. That got involved back in uh, 2010 and said, "Yeah, yeah, the time is now." Well, and it was a lot, you know, a lot harder back then than it is today. And I appreciate Woo. all the young people getting involved today. But, you know, um, just like the people that got involved in 2000, when I got in 2010, they said, I know nothing. So I kind of say the same thing. They, they know nothing when all the, all, the, all the Democrats were still in charge and we were just pounding the pavement. Yeah, when the, when the Shiite Republicans were yeah. in the House. <laughs> and by the way, they weren't named that by a, a Democrat. Yeah, by a Republican. Yeah, it was a Republican. He must have misspoke. I think. Yeah, he, I he, think he did. Uh, yeah, I think he meant that we didn't uh, drink uh, the same Jesus juice yeah, as he did. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But some of the ones that he called shit Republicans are, are really just Democrats now. Yeah, they are. They are. Some of so. them are. And then the only the only Republican that was in the Senate was I always question if it was really a Republican or not, and and he's kind of just out of it now. And that's, uh, oh, what is his name, Conway. I can't think of his name right now. That had the drug problems. And uh, Gilbert Baker. Gilbert Baker, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I remember Gilbert Baker, his big push during the whole, the, like the first eight years I knew him was the uh, uh, the used car tax. Yeah. That's, that's what he worked, and that was enough to prove to people that he was a conservative Republican. Yeah. And it was a, a, it was a hard uh, bill to carry. Yeah. I mean, he was he was moving that. That from, seems unbelievable. Yeah, it's from, still a hard. Bill it's still to a carry. hard bill to carry because he moved that exemption from I think twenty five hundred to what it is today four thousand. Yeah, which should, shouldn't one it shouldn't exist, but no. two it should be higher. When you buy a car and you pay and somebody pays sales tax on it, if they buy it again, they shouldn't. Ha- somebody else shouldn't have to pay sales tax on it. I, I think that that's just a logical. Logical thing. Well, that's a that's a Bill Clinton uh, tax. Yes, it is. So. Yeah. And why did he bring that? What was why? What was his excuse? Why <clears throat> did they need the money? I think there was a lot of. Uh, well, I think that was a year where they passed. It was like a record fifty something tax increases that legislative year, and then a lot of the uh, 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 used car uh, was it for lobby. roads. 
Probably roads. Who knows roads? Uh, you know who, who knows? You know who, the Democrats always want more. They're always um, roads, always. E- education. Always, they always need more for education and and uh, uh, poorly run health care. Okay, so you've been around just about the same amount of time I have been here in this area for about twenty years doing their thing. How old are you right now? <clears throat> I'm thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, so. You were getting your start when you were 12. I mean, really. I mean, seriously, you were getting politically, uh, you were starting to awake. You were, you were getting woke. Let's put that. <laughs> we, were, we were woken back then, all right? But it was a little bit different than it is now. And then 10 years later, you're at 22 years old, and the wokeness was really turning into something here in, in this state. I, I'm sure that the people who consider themselves woke now – think that somehow we were some kind in some kind of coma or something well i had a good you know mark i I was blessed to be able to work for mark and i see it more now than i did then when he would make me read like bastiat books (laughs) (laughs) he would say if you if you work for me how do you pronounce this guy's name yeah if you work for me you have to read these things yeah so i did and uh it was good about property rights and things of that nature and what's mark up to now uh, i think he's just i think he has an engineering job and he's enjoying a lot of scuba diving he got tired of, of politics yeah i think towards the end he was really just as secretary of State. but he took a beating i mean look they got ready to to go in and take care of of setting up the districts and everything redistricting and you got three people take part in, in redistricting. You got the governor, the AG, and Secretary of State. Not when Mark was Secretary of State. It was just the governor and the AG. They he he couldn't find even find out when they were meeting about yeah. it. I mean that's when the Fayetteville finger came out and everything. Yeah. And the one and all he could do was vote no, but he'd vote get outvoted two yeah. to one all the time. So yeah. didn't really matter. But it was always nice when he was invited to the meetings because then we knew at least what was going on because they really tried to not be very transparent about all of that and even when the republicans took over you know mark was still and mark wasn't part of the cool crowd uh too too conservative for everyone yeah and and that's what happens when you go into office for some of them still too conservative yeah for some of them still too conservative He, he went in and tried to change the system try to change mm-hmm. state bureaucracy and man did he ever get hit from all sides i gotta say that you know i i've i've said you probably heard me say it on the air that a lot of people don't like what ace has done as governor and uh i have a lot of issues with what ace has done however i've also said as i sit back and i don't smoke a pipe or anything like that but i sit back and and contemplate the lint in my navel um, and, I, and, and I have said that perhaps Asa was the right Republican for right now, because after what was 130-odd years of Democrat rule, I don't know how even the people of Arkansas at first would have responded to somebody like me if, if I had been in charge in, in being there or, or, you know, Kim Hammer and some of the other guys that are over there, Alan, Alan Clark and, and others that had been really in charge and started swinging the state 180 a different way. Yeah. That might not have been, 
you know, accept it uh, well. This in 2022, the race is going to be totally different for Governor. I I agree with the original premise of what you just said, but you know, yes, we shouldn't probably, you know, who knows how we would react if we did a complete 180. But we should be trending that way. I however, no, no. Now I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, however, we should be we should be moving you know. towards less taxation. <laughs> yes. You're not moving towards less taxation when you say, "Hey, look, see my my left hand. We're cutting your taxes here, but don't look at my right hand where yeah. we're raising them." Or or telling folks that, "Hey, if you live out of state, you know you'll have lower taxes, but you know." If, Not you, if, here. You, if you've been here for all your life, well, we don't care about you. You just keep your high tax rate. Well, I mean, when it comes to sales tax, <laughs> this, this state needs to make some big changes. And I'm not hearing any words about that. I'm hearing words about, you know, the really important thing that we got to do is pass hate crime legislation. No, it's not. No, no. Does it, you, you know, it, you, we talk about the state chamber wants to talk about, you know, the business climate and, or or whoever, but that's not going. If you talk to any small businessman or woman, any of these restaurants that have closed because of COVID, are they going to say, "Man, we'd still be open if we had hate crimes legislation"? <laughs> you know, none of them, none, yeah, literally, really. none of them would say that. No, uh, and it's 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 ridiculous. Will hate crimes legislation help families, or would making the ta- used car tax exemption ten thousand dollars help families? Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Dude majoring on the minors and minoring on the majors that's exactly what has been going and i know i if i if i had the the governor's spokespeople here they'd be telling me how much that he had cut taxes Mm. but they never will be honest and talk about how much he and the legislature have raised taxes just take a look at the internet sales tax that's right that's lots of money coming in well if they talk about how much they've raised taxes then you find out their whole thing about revenue neutral is untrue. Yeah. Yeah. Which there's no such thing as revenue neutral. I got so tired of hearing that. <laughs> you know, th- that term came up loudly during the Bush administration. We want to do this and make it revenue neutral. What that meant is whatever you were giving back to the public, you were taking from somebody whether the public business whatever you are taking that out of the economy to replace the money you had just given back in other words they were taking and putting money in your right pocket and removing money from your left pocket it's it's simple math and you know i know government likes to complicate things but the right you know government needs to start thinking about what do regular people think you know when you buy all these christmas presents uh online you know, I think everyone uses Amazon. And I remember last Christmas, uh, you know, bought all my presents at the end of the uh, checkout. You know, my taxes are about 50-something, 60-something dollars. And I said, that's a couple more Christmas presents yeah. or one nice Christmas yeah. present. Um, and, you know, I don't know why we don't we don't see it that way. Because nobody presents it that way for the most part. I mean, politicians don't. I, I will guarantee when they look back next year and how much money came in from the internet sales tax you're going to say well that's because of covid19 that's what they're going to say so what you what you're telling us is that you passed a bill so that you could take more money from people 
who were struggling during COVID-19 right. over the Internet. That's what they did. Yeah. And and we'll see that we, with the Internet sales tax, we easily have enough money to pay for maintenance and construction of our roads and infrastructure without having to put a permanent tax in the Arkansas I Constitution. Would, I would say that's a new revenue stream that they've taken it to place other places and not to the important places. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. Ken Yang with us for the hour. It's going to be fun to, today. Get ready. It's going to be conservative talk today. That's right. Going to be, although I have forgiven him for backing the <clears throat> governor of Ohio. I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> he played a good game for a while, but then he really blew it. Hey, let me tell you, I'm getting ready to retire here in the next couple of years. Yes, there will come a time that I won't be around. I'll be out in my my golden years, what they keep telling me. We'll see if they're so golden. But, uh, for instance, Judy was planning to retire as well, needed to sell her home in Maumel. Four times she had tried to sell her home with no success. And when she spoke with Dustin Turner, he explained his proven marketing plan. Now, Judy wasn't optimistic. Let's face it. When, you know, you've been out there trying to sell your home and four times you've tried and failed, somebody else comes along and says, hey, I got the plan that's going to do it. You have a little bit of, hmm, yeah, sure. I've heard that, been there, done that. Imagine how shocked, though, Judy was when two weeks later, Dustin had an offer for her home. If you want your home listed, contact any agent. If you want your home sold, then you want to talk to Dustin Turner. Now, how do you talk to him? You go to him by phone, give him a ring. Uh, His phone number is 501-952-2969, 501-952-2969, or go online to hometeamsoldit.com. That's hometeamsoldit.com, and then you can start, uh, you know, packing. Again, call call the only agent I will tell you to call. This guy gets the job done. His name's Dustin Turner. Give him a ring today. Hey, it's 624 in the morning. Did you see the snow yesterday, Heidi? Were you outside when it was snowing? Was it snowing big, or was it just like when I saw it? Just it looked like a little bit of a snow globe kind of effect. Yeah, just like a little, little bitty. But yeah. uh, I didn't go outside. I just like peeked up my window and was like, nope, too cold. <laughs> Going back in. I, I, last night, I went and saw the original Wonder Woman back on the big screen again because I wanted to see it because it's such a great movie. But uh, when we came out from the movie uh, in the parking lot, there were cars with a dusting on it. Yes. They actually, their windshield was covered with white stuff. And I was thinking to myself, either they got a bad case of dandruff or that snow. <laughs> it was snow. Because I went over there and started scooping the snow off of their windshield and making a dirty snowball. You know, But there was nobody to throw it at. So anyway, yeah, snow yesterday. I guess up north uh, they got quite a bit. Three to five inches is what I heard. Snowed quite a bit. I think over the weekend, yeah. Up there in Vietnam, you know, snowing, <laughs> snowing, snowing really crazy. I'm telling you, that, I'm not making that up. That place up there is a socialist heaven. It really, really is. you got to watch those people up there. They try to run around state law and all kinds of stuff. Yep. Do uh, illegal things. Ballinger and uh, some of the other people around that area keep a close eye on those people and what they're up to. Yeah. I think it's always a competition between Little Rock and Fayetteville. Who can do the worst liberal thing? 
I think that Pulaski County uh, won that award this year during the election. Ooh. Maybe I mean, they find a lot of ballots. Yeah, we found these ballots, and uh, oh yeah, I I forgot to tell everybody, but I I turned them in, and we counted them, and we got rid of the envelopes and everything, yeah. so we don't know exactly who voted. What? Yeah, <laughs> and or, you think uh, that only happens in uh, Philadelphia, right? Yeah. No, it's right here too. Yeah, you know, my my, I don't think this was asked enough. Is when they went through the absentee ballots. And there were absentee ballots that did not include a voter ID or or ID, and they gave the people until Monday at noon to stop by to show their ID yep. to confirm their ballots. Yep. I, I you know like if I do if I go vote in person, a voting absentee is very similar to it should be treated as voting in person. If I went and voted in person and I didn't have my ID, I'd be told to send home yeah. and get my ID. Go home and get or, your ID. Or I right. vote provisional, which usually doesn't count. Uh, but the idea that we give people an extra week to, hey, stop by the courthouse and show your ID and we'll count your ballot. Did they give them, did they pay their taxi money? Who knows? <laughs> just just, and the, just wondering. Yeah. And these liberal groups come up with these nonpartisan Arkansas uh, watch. Uh, you know, we're nonpartisan. We're watching them. Oh, come on. It's the same people that runs Moms Demand Action running these uh "Quote unquote nonpartisan groups." They had red coats on. Excuse me. Did they have red coats on? <laughs> anyway, I just I think it's funny you pick red is the color that we defeated to be free again. Uh, you know, in the very beginning, that you turn around and you take that as your primary color. Well, that's know. what liberals do. Yeah. Liberals take things and ruin them, like the the equal sign. They've ruined that. Yeah, the rainbow. They've ruined that. That, that. That's what they try to do. They take nice things and ruin them. Well, they they play semantics big time. Yes, people need to understand that they change the meaning of words. Yeah, and, and that's important. Yeah. And they try to normalize things that are not normal yeah. and that are almost borderline perverted transsexuality uh, yes i think that you yeah. know they're trying well, they've, to make they've that stolen normal. the alphabet yeah <laughs> <laughs> i never thought of it that way but they have because it used to be you know, lgbtq now yeah. it's like xyz yeah you know. ia with something something yeah yeah all that stuff yeah. goes that way it's exactly you're exactly right about that very good ken i like that <laughs> yeah whoever uses your your uh consulting firm should hold that in lieu for a uh for a bumper sticker in the future. I like that. I like that a lot. I really do. Let, let me ask you this question. What do you think will be the biggest issue fought over in the upcoming general session? I think there. I think there's two things. That's, what's yeah, your first I two? I agree. I think there's a couple of things. Uh, I think one of the things we were talking off air would be hate crimes mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be a big thing but uh, unfortunately the governor and the attorney general have have made it a big thing um, would, again i got a minute here yep uh, why would you spend that much political capital on that that's the question i get asked when i travel around the state why is he doing this or why are they doing this you know senator hendren is the one leading the charge uh, in, in the legislature. I understand why he's doing it, okay? He's uh, probably being told 
to do it. But keep yeah. keep this in mind. We're going to come back and talk about it. we got to get to the news. That's next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Ken Yang with me. All right, uh, 25 minutes till 7 on a Wednesday. We have made it to hump day, over the hill day. We are closer to Friday than we were on Monday, and that's a good thing. And uh, Ken Yang has joined us in studio today, and it's good to have him here. And it's fun for me to have people in the studio talking on the phone. I can talk to people on the phone anytime. We get yeah. them face-to-face. That doesn't happen very often. Let me remind you that they're still looking for healthy volunteers for that COVID-19 vaccine clinical research study that's going on here in central Arkansas. Uh, I think it's AstraZeneca uh, and their their vaccine that they're uh, trying to get it through phase three trials. Study is still enrolling here in Little Rock. Uh, if you want to help them research an investigational vaccine for COVID-19, then uh, here's the key. By participating in this uh, clinical trial, you'll have access to no-cost study-related care. You'll also have the opportunity to help advance COVID-19 research. No insurance is required to take part. If you're an adult who is in good or stable health, you may be able to qualify. If you're interested in learning more, Here's the number to call, 501-954-7822. I've had people ask me, now this is safe stuff, right, Dave? And I said, this is the final clinical trial. Yes, it's safe. The only thing that they're looking for is saying after you get the um, inoculation, does your arm get sore? Do you run a little low-grade fever for a day or two or whatever? We would never, ever go on the air and tell you to uh, take a drug trial that could kill you that th- th- we don't do that and there's thing there's people called lawyers and they would not even let us get close to saying that so here's the number to call again 501-954-7822 go to uh, c19vaccinestudy.com on the internet and you can get yourself into this all of the medicines, whether it's the real thing or it's the placebo, placebo means it's fake. Uh, bottom line is to, um, you know, doesn't cost you a penny. It's all free. Why not? Just seems the right thing to do. And, and you know, you ask me, Dave, are you going to get that shot when it comes available? Well, I don't want to use any curse words. Yeah, absolutely, I'm going to get the shot. <laughs> now, I, I am a little bit – I was talking to Terry Yamauchi yesterday, Ken. Have you seen the needle for that shot? Uh, I don't like needles, so I, I don't want to It's not one of the small ones, you know, yeah. that's you know, just supposed to put the, the stuff under your skin. <laughs> this is for intermuscular uh, injection, so it, it's going to – it's, it's going to – like the nurses say – you might feel a little pinch. No, thank, no, thank you. <laughs> I always like that. You might feel a pinch. Yeah, ah! yeah, but it's better than when I was in the military and they were using those guns. Ooh. You know, the high-powered guns. Oh, hated those things because if you flinched at all, or the person using them flinched, it cut you. And you, man, we we got done because you had your blouse over your your arm. You're you're walking down with both of your shoulders exposed rolled up sleeves on your t-shirt and you're bleeding down both of your arms it was like um it was unbelievable i don't think i don't know if they do it that way or not somebody can call me just went in the military tell me if it's the same way but it was like mass inoculation man 
there was no ifs, ands, and buts. You were getting it. And everybody wanted to know what day was it going to be. Because the next day, the first thing they did, hit the ground. Let's do some push-ups. Start working those those muscles up in your arms. Get rid of that. Okay, we were talking as I chased that rabbit down in the hole. It got out of my reach. But bottom line, what are the two things you think are going to be really at the forefront in the new General Assembly that's coming up in January? You said hate crime legislation, number one. What else? Uh, I think a large part of the package is uh, the legislature believing that they need to curtail uh, the governor's power during a state of emergencies and defining, you know, how long a state of emergency can be. Yeah, Uh, it's been going on for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, and how long they can uh, uh, extend it without legislative uh, uh, approval. Um, and, and the directives and things of that sort, I think that will play a big part uh, of the, at least at the beginning of the session. Is it surprising to you that the governor wants to hold this power in and up and to himself and not share it with his own party who's in, in charge of the, the Senate uh, and the, the House? Um, I think if you take away the, the content, if you just take, if you just look at it, uh, objectively, this may be somewhat unpopular. I think he is right in saying that you know during state of emergencies, the governor has to have authority to make decisions. Because I mean, no offense to my legislative friends, but you know the bickering of 135. You know, by the time something's decided, the emergency may be over. But but I think when you take it to another level and start the state of emergency in March, and we're now in December. And you would think in that time span you would get some legislative feedback. I think that's where the uh, angst is. I, I think people, I think people in the legislature would have been more comfortable if there was just conversation, uh, some back and forth, or just some even updates saying, "Hey, we're planning on doing this." Uh, you know, as a state rep or a state senator, no one wants to find out that something's happening via social media yeah, or via right. press release. Nobody's contacting you. Nobody's right. talking to you. All that suddenly happens, we're going to do yeah. this. And typically, it's you know, it's not the governor that's making these decisions other than say yay or nay. It's the Department of Health. That's right. Nobody, at least nobody that I know of, voted for the head of the Department of Health to run the state of Arkansas. That's right. That's right. And uh, so I think conversation would have wouldn't probably maybe wouldn't have prevented where we are today with the relationship with the legislative branch and executive branch, but probably could have prevented some of this stuff. Uh, you know, just it's amazing what communication will I mean, don't, do. Don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that Asa Hutchinson is Governor Whitmer of uh, of uh, Michigan, right. or Governor Newsom of California, Governor Cuomo up in in New York. I'm just saying. He's a Republican, and he should be, a, you know, applying Republican principles to this. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong, uh, especially when, uh, you know, when we say we worry about everyday working people, small businesses are closing. Uh, and going out of business, yeah, never going to reopen. There's a brewery here in Little Rock that just closed yesterday. Which one? Uh, East Six Brewing, what used to be Rebel Kettle. Oh, okay. Um, they just shut, shut their doors. Um, and and so people, 
Uh, there was, I think, Monticello. I think Western Sizzling down there just closed uh, recently uh, earlier this week. So people are struggling. You know, well, yeah. people. You know, the 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 COVID nineteen. I know people joke about it, but it's true. It doesn't go home at eleven p.m. So the idea that that you pass a directive to shut these people at eleven p.m. when this is when they make their most money. Yep. At that time. At that time, yeah. Yeah, and you think about somebody. You think about New Year's Eve. You I'm, can't even celebrate New Year's Eve outside of your home because you got to go home by 11 p.m. I've not seen anybody advertising a New Year's Eve party. Have you seen any? I haven't. I've seen some dinners, but that's just a dinner. It's not like you know, you know, you have dinner, you yeah, go you home. Gotta, well, yeah. yeah, you're going to go home and wish everybody a, a happy New Year <laughs> because you can't be at yeah. the dinner and that's do right. it. So I think those two things, I think the directives and the governor's power during uh, state of emergencies, hate crimes, are the two biggest things. And I think, of course, taxes will just be on the right there as it usually is because we we haven't really cut taxes. Have you heard anything, anybody talking about taxes at all? I think uh, just that, you know, that 4.9 percent for uh, people that don't live in Arkansas, the income tax rate, the lower income tax rate yes. for non-Arkansans, right. uh, very unpopular uh, with Arkansans. Go figure. <laughs> Should be. Uh, and you know, he mentioned something about used car sales tax. You know, changing that to I think what three point five percent. But really, you just need to eliminate it. Whether it's seventy five hundred or ten thousand, you just really need to eliminate the tax for those for those cars at that rate. Because even if you put it at three point five percent and you buy a Six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollar car. You're paying anywhere from two to four hundred dollars in taxes. That's one month's Why? car payment. That's uh, that's an insurance uh, payment that people need in their pockets now, not not later. Yeah, you know, a lot of people ask me, "What do you mean, Dave, when you say on the air there are two types of politicians: those who tax and those who govern." Well, that you have to ask that question shows you that governess has gone out of style and taxing has really taken over. Here's what I'm saying. We just, the people of Arkansas just voted on another tax on themselves. And, and, and on top of that, they put it in their constitution. Yep. I still, for me, that's hard for me to believe, but uh, they, that's what they did. So you got that. I don't think we needed that money. I think what we should have done is gone in and looked at the tax money that's already out there and reassign it to the roads if we had to. How about whenever you buy a car battery, the tax that's on the car battery goes to roads, or if you buy an air filter or whatever. That's what I'm talking about, about governing. I mean, um, Julie Newberry, uh, Newberry brought that, Mayberry, pardon me. I say Newberry because I went to school with a Newberry. Uh came out with that uh in in the house and the governor didn't even want to talk about it no well you just look at uh, um uh the gas and diesel tax that's yeah. that's supposed to go to that raise that rate they raise that for for highways too that's right that's how much to money do we need for these highways and we and but the thing is the the tax that we just pass is supposed to go to maintain and build infrastructure it's a tax that we currently have and we aren't maintaining infrastructure as it is all right so, let me ask you a question Ken. <laughs> I'm a, i want you to be king for just a moment if you built a bunch of roads 
would you not figure into those roads the cost of you know retopping them and doing the things filling potholes and things wouldn't you put that in there yes but they don't do that here no that's crazy no no they, they, don't, crazy. they don't plan ahead uh i i am wrong someone just did just text me a, a big issue which was a big issue two years ago that should have passed is a stand your ground oh yeah that will be up again and, and that will be a big issue uh house judiciary uh, you know, it's 11 Republicans, nine, uh, nine Democrats. I think it should be fine in Senate Judiciary. Well, we thought it was going to be fine in Senate Judiciary two years ago, and it wasn't. But well, that, uh, but the guy who who threw the wrench in that is gone. Yeah, yeah. But staying your ground should be easy, uh, especially during these, these times of these riots and these protests and whatnot. I want to be able to say, come on my property and, and see what happens. Yeah, I don't want to have to go through what they went through there in, in St. Louis. That yep. couple on their property. Yeah, I don't need a. I don't need a men, call a mental health professional when someone's uh, breaking into no, my, my I property. I would think that they'd be calling nine one one to get an ambulance for the people who came on my property. That's right. To threaten me, well, they won't need the ambulance. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I do. All right. Let's get a break in. We got to do that. We got one last break. Ken Yang is with us for this hour. Coming up next half hour, we've got Congressman French Hill. And uh, I think, uh, you know, the congressman for coming on, he comes on every Wednesday. That, my friends, is Transparency Plus. More on your uh, Dave Ellswick show in just a moment. All right, so we got seven minutes till uh, 7 o'clock. Ken Yang is here. And uh, I'm gonna, we're going to bring you on more often. Would you be open to being on, like, uh, twice a month? Yeah, I'd okay. be open to that. Okay, we need to get you on and... And, and get your in, your insights because I I like you know the things that you're saying even when you say things like Kasich's the man Dave uh, that, that <laughs> I still don't know who that is who is who is that guy I, like, you, you know keep, that you with me that will be that will be a you joke you keep talking about this this guy that I have no idea who it is uh, that that will always be a joke between <laughs> us I guarantee you that but uh, you know. I like having like you on and Seth Mays on mm. and other people. Uh, I mean, even Jr. Having Jr. Davis on, he'll be on tomorrow. Having them on and getting different views from different yeah. Republicans, it's good. Well, this is the real thinking. Republican. So, <laughs> you know, they're my friends. They 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 stray a little bit sometimes, but this is the real conservative Republican you're talking you to. Know, we got we got some real Republicans coming on now. The the truth of the matter is when the rubber hits the road. That means when they put their hand on the Bible and take the oath and then they sit down and they start legislating. But Gilmore, I think, is going to be great. Oh, Ben's going to be wonderful. Howard Beatty is going to be great. He's going to be good, too. Uh, yeah. Tony Furman's top notch. And, and then David Ray. I mean, we, we've known David forever. Oh, my goodness. It, if yeah, there's no brain. doubt who is a conservative <laughs> when it comes to David Ray and a guy who can explain it to you infinitum. That's right. You know, he's been working with the lieutenant governor for years as well. Yes. And then Americans for Prosperity worked with them as, as well and did a lot of great things. So anyway, it's this next legislative session, I'm looking forward that they're going to have the votes that they need to really do some conservative stuff. Do you think so? They better. <laughs> because, uh, you know, if, if we think that we'll just keep winning, we're we're mistaken. 
Well, there's a, there, this is a last hurrah for some people. I mean, this is the last hurrah for, like, Missy Irvin, isn't it? I think she could run for for one more term. Could she? she yeah, because yeah, she, she drew she drew two-year terms when she first came in. Oh, okay. So so okay. I think she's got one more, unless, unless she decides to run for, you know, uh, higher office, which I've she's thinking heard, about. I've heard on the grapevine that she's – there's a lot of Republicans thinking about – the lieutenant governor's yep, office. Yep, she's on the on the list. Yeah, Jason Rayburg. Yeah, Jason. Uh, and uh, Dismang's been looking at it. And uh, you have you have from the uh, uh, the uh, treasurer's office. Oh uh, well, uh, Dennis has already announced for a state auditor. Oh, he for state yeah, auditor. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he'll. He, I mean, I think it's in the paper a few months ago, but he'll it. he'll make it official. Uh, but it was already in the paper. I have him on to you. talk about yeah. that. That'd, that'd be interesting. He's he's a good man. He's yeah. I believe that he is a, a conservative as well. Yeah, I agree. And he's run the Treasury well. Uh, he had some really good people under on his staff that really ran yes. it well. They did. They did Very well. much so. Who wants to be Treasurer? Are we hearing? You know, there's a some guy, you know, that, that ran for auditor, you know, a few years ago. Oh really? Uh, that's maybe sitting in this room. Are you right saying? Way. Are you saying that you want to be the state treasurer? <laughs> Is that what you're telling well, me? Well, I, I told uh, Dennis recently that I'm not going to run for auditor, uh, and I told the uh, the media that called and said I'm I'm looking at treasurer. I'm not sure. I'll make a decision after session. Uh, I, I told. I laughed. I said I have earned the right to not have to announce early. That's right. Uh, and so I'll, I'll make a decision then. But I'm looking at it. All options are open. There's some okay. county seats open. Um, I've been in contact with my state rep, seeing what he may plan for the future. So who knows? Okay. That's good. You know, it's kind of interesting. Uh, you look at the lieutenant governorship. Uh, it may be a full field for that for the primary. Yeah, there's a bunch of people. Uh, I think representatives... Brant Smith has yeah. talked about it. Uh, Doctor Bledsoe, um, wow. whole, whole list, whole list, wow. whole list of people. I had not heard Brant Smith's name in that uh, that group. That's interesting, but but he's getting close to being termed out. Well, I mean, he's they, up there they're, from Jonesboro, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but they're grandfathered into that sixteen years, so they they got a few more than the than the fourteen that that, okay. that just passed. So but, you know. You yeah. have to make up your mind what you want to do. You really do. People say, what's the governor going to do? Right now, we don't know. No. I know a lot of people say, well, he's going to take, uh, he's going to run for uh, Bozeman's seat. And that's annoying, isn't it? Because John told me he's going to run again. Yeah, Senator Bozeman's going to run again. Yeah. Senator, I've already gotten fundraising emails and mail from, from let's, Senator Let's consider Bozeman. this. We get, we get one of those uh, Georgia senators in, and we still hold the, 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 the chairmanships. He's going to be the ag chairman. That's right. Why would he walk away from that? I sure wouldn't. No. Ken, it's always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. We'll set, uh, before you leave, I'll set you up for another day. How's that? Sounds good. Dave Ellswick Show. We're back with the congressman. French Hill coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right, let's move into the 7 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show at 101.1 FM. Uh, the answer, good to have you along for the ride this morning and joining us as he always does on Wednesdays at uh, 7.05 is the congressman from District 2, and that, of course, is French Hill. And, uh, Congressman Hill, thanks for joining us again. Good morning, Dave. Good to be with you. You sound like uh, you've gotten rid of your allergies a little bit. Yeah, I'm uh, outside. I'm back in D.C., so I'm away from uh, my cats and my house. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing better. Yeah, you you know, you may not want to be up close to cats, but cats want to be up close to you. You know what I'm saying? They do. We have, uh, and we also have a new puppy in our house, so we have lots of animal movement. Okay. At all hours of the day and night. Lots of dander floating around in the air. What can I say? Hey, let's talk about some really serious business right off the bat. Let's talk about this uh, bipartisan COVID-19 relief. Yep. The, uh, the Speaker of the House still drags her, face, uh, her feet about this. Uh, and it, it's as if the press doesn't get it, that uh, I think the American people get it. And the Democrats better get it because she's going to cost them the House in two years. No doubt. I mean, Nancy Pelosi and her allies, uh, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders, as you know, is up here advocating people to absolutely not support COVID relief. He says if you can't do $3 trillion, then it's not worth doing at all. That's the kind of nonsense attitude that prevails in Washington, and that's how Nancy Pelosi's run the House all year. We're down to the final hours to do something we should have done back the 1st of August, which is extend the Paycheck Protection Program for our restaurants and our hotels that are still hurting, allow them to have a second loan if their business is still crushed by the pandemic, fix and extend the uh, unemployment amount so that families uh, don't run out of their unemployment payment here at uh, December 31st, and give our governors the flexibility they need to... uh, spend this CARES Act money they've already received into 2021, those three things at a minimum, and there are others, liability protection for churches, for schools, for businesses that have opened up and tried to comply with uh, the CDC standards. Now, I have been trying to follow this, but the figures get, you know, kind of fluid, and I'd heard that, you know, Republicans in the Senate had said, you know, 800 million and 900 million, and then the last, I think I saw an article Monday that said they were willing to go $1.4 million on COVID-19 relief. Isn't that enough? Well, I'd say the state of play is that the the Republicans in the Senate have put forward about, it's, it's got some Democratic support, but there were roughly at $600 billion. And then you saw the bipartisan group put together a $900 billion bill. Um, And don't forget, and that's something very important to me, is this is using reprogrammed CARES Act money and using the money that the Federal Reserve has returned to the Treasury. So it's not total $900 billion new spending. It's more like $300 billion. And so that's, that's helpful, of course. I think the number is going to be somewhere, uh, you know, in that range. Uh, We are also voting this week on 2021 spending, which is which is approximately one point four trillion. The question is, how much in that number has to do with coronavirus relief? And that's something that we're waiting patiently 
today for the details. Okay, so as the English say, is the sticky wicket the problem with the the Republicans saying we're not going to bail out the states? It has been since August because Pelosi wanted over a trillion dollars only for the big blue states that are suffering and have a tradition of bad management, bad credit ratings, bad pension problems. And look, no one wants to go along with that, perhaps other than the members of Congress in those particular states, Connecticut, Illinois, California. Yeah. So she has come off that number. And she's felt the pressure from her own members. Don't forget, we have a discharge petition, which she's rejected 40 times and prohibited about 25 members of her own caucus from signing it. And that would be doing these simple, straightforward things we know we should do, like deal with the Paycheck Protection Program. Yeah, PPP, I've been asked this question. Are the people who got PPP funds going to have that added to their taxes? Great question. And in the Republican-Democrat Senate compromise bill that you and I just talked about, the, quote, $900 billion bill, part of that is to not have them pay tax. They would That would maintain the tax deductibility of those expenses. Okay, so they've got to, they're sitting and waiting, you know, for a decision to be made, and you guys have got to the end of this week. Is that not correct? It is. Well, it is. Yeah, it is. It's all connected to getting the spending done before this Friday. And that's what the deadline is here before Christmas. And we'll see if we make it or if we go into work uh, next week. You know, nothing like a deadline for Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to come to the table. All right. And speaking about the deadline, uh, funding the government before the December 18th deadline, you you did a stopgap measure and you put one finger in the dike, and you guys would have liked to have gotten it done. But, uh, again, Pelosi has been holding things up. Uh, where where are we on that? I think that's gone uh, better from what I hear. We're still we – we are waiting for text this morning, both on 2021 spending. Is it what we all talked about earlier in the year, or has it got – something that Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi are trying to add into it as a poison pill. That's point one. Point two, we're waiting for text on this COVID relief. They'll be merged. I anticipate one vote that contains uh, both solutions if we're able to reach agreement. Yeah, for people that don't understand, a poison pill is you put something in the bill that you know is so odorous that people won't vote for it from the other party. And then you blame the other party for not voting for the bill. You got it. And um, we deal with experts on that subject every every week. There's no doubt that you do do that. There's no (laughs) doubt about that at all. If you'll hold on, uh, go ahead and pour yourself another cup of coffee. We'll get back to you here in in about three or four minutes. I got to talk about uh, the folks over PI Roofing. But I want to come back and talk about the vaccine development because I'm going to tell you personally, I think this is this is. This verges on the the edge of miraculous that we've gotten this vaccine ready to go in less than a year. We'll talk more with the congressman in just a moment here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But right now, PI Roofing is waiting to do your roof if it needs to be done. But you don't know if it needs to be done unless you let somebody get up on it and take a look at it. And that's like no charge at all. Let them come out. Let the professionals, let the roof leak detectives get up on your roof and make sure things are okay. I had to have them go up on my roof a few months ago while it was still fairly warm outside and do some work on my roof. 
And while they were up there, I said, take a look around. And they sent me some pictures. And there's like all over the top of the river, you see all this gravel. Well, that gravel is supposed to be adhering to the shingles. So the shingles are showing some real wear on my uh, my roof. And so I've got to make up my mind probably just before the springtime. And I'll, I'll get a hold of Joel Johnson uh, and his pros over at PI Roofing and ask them to look at it again. And if they tell me they think it needs to be... Uh, and be changed out then i'll uh, have them contact my insurance agent and uh, get uh, somebody to come out to walk the roof with them and let them show why i need another roof that's what pi roofing does now on top of that on top of doing the great job that they do for your roof they do it on now with all of the covid19 rules and regulations they follow all of that stuff so that your family is kept safe and uh, their workers are kept safe. So when you think about doing your roof, and you should be thinking about it all the time because it's your last line of defense to keep the elements out of your house, bottom line, think PI Roofing. 707-3551 is their number. 707-3551. And piroofing.com is where you'll find them on the Internet. That's who I use. I highly recommend PI Roofing to you. All right, back with uh, Congressman French Hill. Final few moments with him. We go with him to the very bottom of the hour. And I got a couple of things I want to talk to him. I had somebody uh, text me, uh, Congressman, wanted me to ask you. Uh, and I was talking to Ken Yang about this, and he said that he thought there was an op ed about it. Uh, uh, why you and uh, Womack didn't sign on to the Texas lawsuit? Yeah, the Texas lawsuit, in my view, I talked to a lot of attorneys when uh, the Attorney General of Texas, Paxton, filed that suit. And to me, it didn't make any sense because if Paxton prevailed, it would mean that New York or California could at any time after a presidential election say they don't like Arkansas's vote outcome. And so my view was that was actually – Uh, not a constitutional argument to make, and uh, the court didn't take it up. It it, it really ended up with the exact opposite point of view of what the Attorney General in Texas was attempting to say, which was, we think that our equal protection under the law has been um, taken because the legislature in Pennsylvania, say, you know, uh, had laws we didn't like, or the governor implemented those laws in a way we didn't like. And I think that's uh, not federal federalism it's not a support of states rights uh, and so i didn't sign on to it okay and then final question from a listener mo brooks has something out about opposition to the electoral college using state votes who cheated your thoughts on that <clears throat> mo brooks uh, represents a district in alabama and he is uh, Proposing potentially to protest uh, the um, official acceptance of the Electoral College vote on the House floor. I think Democrats have done that in the past against George Bush, um, uh, potentially uh, against uh, Donald Trump, if my memory's right. So Mo is talking about proposing proposing that. You have to have a procedure whereby both the Senate and the House uh, agree to do that. So that's what Mo Brooks is talking about. I don't I don't expect that to have a lot of legs, honestly. Okay. Let's move to vaccines. Let's talk about miracles. Uh, Operation Warp Speed was a miracle. Everybody laughed at it in the press, 
when the president said that they would have a vaccine ready before the end of the year. Well, people are being inoculated as we speak. Your thoughts on this, just from the the view of we've got this vaccine now. Well, first of all, it's one of the uh, several very important decisions President Trump made early, fast, and quickly shutting down travel, uh, naming China as the promoter of the virus, and immediately uh, commencing a vaccine solution in January. And here we have it with the year not even finished. And not only have we approved the Pfizer vaccine, but Moderna is likely to be approved this mm-hmm. week. And there are many, many more. This is something uh, Americans need to understand. I went to a pharmacy yesterday to see the first vials being unpacked in the 97 below zero temperature uh, boxes uh, as they're getting ready to be distributed yesterday all over the state of Arkansas. It's a fantastic uh, outcome. It is a miracle. It's amazing what American ingenuity can do and lead the world. But I want Americans to know uh, three things. One, the vaccines are safe. Two, there are going to be multiple vaccines, not just Pfizer and Moderna. There will be many choices during the course of 2021. And finally, that uh, with all the preparation of the Trump administration, the Defense Logistics Agency, and these state plans, we'll have over 100 million Americans vaccinated by the end of the first quarter of the year, by the end of March. That's, that's, I'm telling you, Everybody always talks about the Manhattan Project. That's what this was. It was a Manhattan Project. That was to develop the the atomic bomb. This, uh, the atomic bomb for uh, you know COVID nineteen. I had Dr. Terry Yamauchi on uh, yesterday, and he said, "Hey, just because people are getting shots, don't think that this is over with." He says it's going to take about four or five months because we got to get enough people inoculated, and it takes two shots uh, for uh, these uh, uh, vaccines. So everybody has to remember you got to get two shots. That's right. It's two shots, I think, about about three weeks apart. And um, that's the same in the Moderna. Moderna is also uh, easier to store. It doesn't have to be stored at such a low temperature. And it also has a longer shelf life, so it'll be easier to get it into rural areas. But both are two-shot vaccines. All right. So... Just want everybody to know the light at the end of the tunnel is not, as we like to say sometimes, the train coming. No, that is the end of the tunnel. Uh, we actually have that in view in front of us. All right, Caseworks victory that you had. I, I want to talk about that. Miracle League got well, some we money. Had, we, you know, we had terrible flooding back in 2019, and uh, one of the worst victims was our Miracle League field down at uh, by Junior Deputy in Little Rock, right on the Arkansas River by the old Cajun's Wharf location. That area flooded terribly, and the Miracle League fl- fl- uh, field was uh, raised. The money was raised for was built by the Rotary Club of Little Rock. It cost almost five hundred thousand dollars to build that field for our handicapped kids to mm-hmm. get out there and play baseball. And terrible flooding. And I had a great uh, outcome of hard work by my staff this week. We got. for the Miracle League field in reimbursement from FEMA for the repairs to that field for the 2019 flooding. And so that's a great Christmas present as they go into the spring and having those kids out on that baseball field. Well, that... That really is a great, great program. I've I've gone out to it when they first started, and 
just to see those kids be able to do what they can do out on a baseball field uh, in a wheelchair and things of that nature is really awe-inspiring. Peggy McCall's devoted her life to it the last 15, 16 years. Ron Boyeski and Greg Hatcher, tremendous leaders in getting it built. And my hat's off not only to the Rotary Club for sustaining it and Peggy for bringing joy to those families. But I want to thank uh, FEMA for their cooperation to get this badly needed money to uh, our friends at the Miracle League Field. Okay, so for the rest of this week, since uh, you guys are going to be coming home next week for Christmas vacation, Uh, We should be watching for what goes down as far as this bipartisanship, hopefully, uh, for COVID-19 relief and funding the government. And, uh, you know, do you think there's going to just be another stopgap measure to hold it until next year? You know, it could be. Uh, I think that's a mistake because the spending levels are agreed to for 2021 and this COVID relief is overwhelmingly needed. But you could see anything on the... uh, the playing field that looks like this. You could get COVID relief and uh, full spending approved for 2021 through September. You could get a COVID relief package and you could get just a uh, uh, continuing resolution into March for spending because they want uh, to make more negotiations. You could see any combination. I hope we get permanent funding through September 2021. We've already debated those bills for the entire year, and I hope we get COVID relief before Christmas to help these families. And if businesses have taken PPP money, they need to keep their eyes open and their ears open. And if the Republican bill goes through, that's not going to be added to their taxes, correct? That's correct. That's correct. And uh, look, uh, our businesses have suffered enough under the government shutdowns and under fighting this pandemic and the mixed messages all year long. We need to be able to let them have another PPP loan grant and they don't need to have to pay tax on that grant amount. And we're going to try to get both those things done this week once and for all for a good Christmas. All right. If you get a chance, drop by the studio and we'll uh, we'll uh, tip a, 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 a drink of eggnog together. We'll do it. We need some eggnog. I need some eggnog. Right. This, this week, uh, depending on how it turns out, I may just forget the egg and just have the nog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll see you. you, my friend. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget about our good friends over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. They're going to take a real good care of you. Um, I've been seeing uh, um, a lot of Instagram information about uh, Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. You can see a lot of the jewelry that Eric Coleman is working on. You can see stuff that's on display there. And, uh, you know, you just need to drop by uh, at 3000 Cavanaugh and check out all the lines that he carries. But while you're there, talk to him about unique, specifically made, one-of-a-kind jewelry for that special someone in your life. But you can't wait any longer. you got to do it, you know, here by the end of the week at the, at the latest to get it ready to be ready next week. I mean, we're talking, that's a fast turnaround. Try to get all that done to design it, to cast it, and to, to get it ready and, and, and put on the, the finger or the neck or the wrist of the person that you're uh, buying it for. Call Eric over at Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. The number there is 501 246 3655. 501 
246-3655. They're located at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard. Just, uh, you know, hit the doorbell. He'll buzz you in. Go in and check out all the wonderful, beautiful items that he has on display. And then talk to him about the design. Because Eric, uh, other than just being a, a jeweler and a person who can save you money uh, dealing with the gemstones because he's a gemologist, but he's a real artisan. He can design things that just will knock your socks off. All right, time to get Rush in. He's got his update for us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll hear what he has to say, and then we'll return for more of the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we move into uh, the last half hour of our 7 o'clock time frame. Uh, 8 8 o'clock, we record, just so you know. And then we replay that back at 6 p.m. this evening. And that will be uh, Joe and Duck. And they, Wednesdays is their day to talk about cars. Uh, while you got the time, if you have a car question, send it to Dave at Salem, L-R. That's S-A-L-E-M-L-R.com. You're having problems. You don't know what why your car is doing what it's doing. Uh, you think it's possessed. It probably isn't. Uh, you can uh, send that question to me. And then listen at 6 o'clock tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen at 6 o'clock tonight and uh, hear the answer uh, to your question. Well, the Supreme Court of the United States uh, got at it again yesterday, and this is directly off their blog. It says, the Supreme Court tossed out a pair of lower court rulings that had permitted states to enforce COVID-19-related restrictions at worship services. The two brief orders, (coughs) excuse me, I tell you, the the congressman starts coughing, I start coughing. I don't know, something in here. These are two rulings uh, from the justices instruct the lower courts to take another look at religious groups' challenges to restrictions in Colorado and New Jersey. And this time, the justices indicated the lower court should decide the challenges in light of the Supreme Court's November 25th ruling that lifted New York's COVID-related uh, limits on attendance at worship services. Now, here's how this works. Instead of the the, the Supreme Court saying, now, hey, dummies, you need to go in and change this. They don't do that. They send it back to the courts, uh, and they say, look— we understand what you're doing here. However, as you do this, take a look at how we ruled on this other case that's a whole lot like your case. And, uh, you know, we told New York to cease and desist. You know, they had the thing going on in, uh, in the state where you couldn't have more than X amount of people. Remember, I told you the, the story about the... A church in New York that had to have people at the doors uh, to count exactly how many people were going in. And if they got over that amount, they were to shut the doors and that if necessary, the police were to show up and to enforce that. Uh, Sounds a little bit unconstitutional to me. Uh, It was found unconstitutional, and they were told they couldn't continue on with that. So, you know, the Supreme Court is telling these lower courts, hey, pay attention to what we've already said on this. 
we shouldn't have to you know do this over and over and over again you're smart enough to figure this out well tuesday's orders are further evidence of the broader impact of the new york ruling which the justices have now invoked three times in three weeks to tell lower courts around the country that they should be more uh, judicious and uh, be more open to religious groups seeking to worship without restrictions during the pandemic. Big story yesterday talking about how people being able to go to church and to worship uh, was good for the mental health of people and uh, help them to stay, you know, mentally clear during this time. I mean, a lot of people, when they go to church, that's where their support group is. It's amongst other believers. And to tell them that they can't join with other believers is uh, ridiculous. It's wrong. In the Supreme Court now, three times, three weeks, three different cases have, uh, you know, pressed that. And hopefully, lower courts are going to get the idea here that, uh, you know, you're going to lose. And it doesn't look good when the Supreme Court kicks the law back and says, uh, ex nay on it, you can't, uh, you can't be doing that. You're overstepping your bounds saying that local governments or state governments can um, override the Constitution of the United States. Another story that is uh, out today that I wanted to talk a little bit because this is really, really crazy stuff. Abraham Lincoln, because he did not demonstrate according to the rewriters of history that are out there, that, quote, black lives matter to him, unquote. The president, Abraham Lincoln, who is often held up as an American hero for abolishing slavery, is one of 44 historical figures soon to have their names scratched off schools within the San Francisco Unified School District. Now, we all know that San Francisco is a verifiable nut job area place to live. Fruits, nuts, flakes. I mean, it's just bottom line. And this just goes to prove about the nut part of it. That anyone cannot see that what Abraham Lincoln did wasn't saying that black lives mattered. It's just plain foolish and stupid. And I don't mind using that word. I tend to tell my kids not to call anybody stupid. But when you want to strike the name of Abraham Lincoln from a school because he didn't say black lives mattered is just ridiculous. Oh, by the way, other names that they're saying should be struck from uh, schools. George Washington, father of our country, uh, Herbert Hoover, and even Senator Dianne Feinstein. 
Dianne Feinstein, one of the most liberal senators in the uh, the U.S. Senate. Why? They want her name stripped from the Dianne Feinstein Elementary School for allowing the Confederate flag to fly outside City Hall when she was mayor back in 1984. Nin- 1984. See, this is people who do not take into consideration what were the social mores of that time that we lived under? They're different now than they were back then. I'll be the first to admit that. And uh, you should be willing to admit it as well and that somebody should not be punished for things that have happened 30, 40, 50, even 60 years ago. It's just really, really crazy. Well, if you want to retire in the next five years, if you overlook or underestimate one little thing, it could totally derail your retirement. That's right. What you want to do is learn how you can avoid this in a free guide called the Ultimate Retirement Planning Checklist from David Lucas Financial in Little Rock. The comprehensive 31-point checklist could be the single most important tool that could help ensure that you're covered and that you've covered all your bases getting ready for retirement because you don't want to make any mistakes to get your free retirement planning checklist be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-222-3315 the free checklist is the result of decades decades of financial planning experience from working with thousands of families to get your free secured retirement planning checklist call 501-222-3315 that's 501-222-3315 investment advisory services offered through david lucas financial and arkansas registered investment advisor all right back for the final segment here in the seven o'clock hour don't miss my show tomorrow six o'clock just telling you right now don't miss that Heidi I just sent you an email with the contact information that I got new contact information about Peter Wood Peter Wood has written a book and I I mentioned this to you a couple of weeks ago told you he was going to be on and the new book is called 1620 a, a critical response to the 1619 project uh, a legitimate historian looking at the whole 1619 project and just decrying it and how ridiculous it is what's 1619 well the 1619 project says that when a pirate ship landed a group of captive africans at jamestown uh and that's not been truly proven but they asserted that that happened and the new york times in august of 2019 announced its 1619 project and the new york times set out to transform history by tracing american institutions culture and prosperity to that pirate ship and what they said was the exploitation of african americans that followed and then a a huge controversy erupted at that time as really true historians because the person who came up with this was not 
uh, started pushing back against what they say is a false narrative that was conjured out of racial grievances. The book sums up what the critics have said and argues that the proper starting point for the American story is 1620 with the signing of the Mayflower Compact. And we talked about this last month. Remember, we were talking about Thanksgiving and why Thanksgiving was important and why the Mayflower Compact was important because the Mayflower Compact was the basic outline what led to our Constitution and that the Mayflower Compact aboard ship before the Pilgrims set foot in Massachusetts. A nation as complex as ours, of course, has many starting points, most notably the Declaration of Independence in 1776, but the quintessential ideas of American self-government and ordered liberty grew from the deliberate actions of the Mayflower immigrants in 1620. Schools across the country have already adopted the Times' uh, radical revision of history as part of their curriculum, and I'm, I'm, I'm really going to push on this because I can guarantee you that there's a good chance that somebody will bring up 1619 uh, in the legislature and, and say it needs to be taught in the school systems, uh, and there will be school systems that will want to teach this, and you need to stand against this because it is false history. Stakes are high with this. Uh, This is changing the whole historical narrative of our country. I mean, should children be taught that our nation is a 400-year-old system of racist oppression? Because that's what 1619 says. Or should they learn that what has always made American and America exceptional is our pursuit of liberty and justice for all. We're going to get into that discussion tomorrow, and you do not want to miss it. Uh, if if you can't, you know, be here at 6, go on, uh, you know, our uh, our Facebook page, uh, you know, go to 1011fmtheanswer.com, listen to the podcast, go to the Dave Ellswick Show uh, on uh, Facebook, and watch uh, as I do the interview uh, on the air, but you need to listen to what's being said. After that, Jerry Cox is going to be on, and uh, they're having a a big news conference today about some pro-life things that are going on. Big news today. I I have been sworn to secrecy. It's been embargoed. As we say in the trade, it's been embargoed (laughs) until until after the uh, press conference. But... uh, I know what it's about. It's a big deal, and you'll want to hear it, and Jerry Cox will join us. And then we'll talk to him also about hate crime legislation, and there's things going on about that. Uh, The governor will not be at the press conference today, and I think that is indicative of that uh, uh, Jerry Cox and the Family Council has come out against hate crime legislation, and the governor is uh, is not going to be part of it. The lieutenant governor is going to be there. And I I hear the AG is going to be there as well today uh, in the rotunda of the Capitol building to celebrate what's going to be announced today. And I think the governor should be there as well, period. All right. Because a lot of people uh, have gone uh, to the mats dealing with pro-life legislation here in the state of Arkansas to make what's going to be announced today 
uh, announced. So uh, keep that in mind. Coming up uh, at 6 o'clock tonight, Joe and Duck are going to be with us. They'll be answering car questions for you. Um, I'm looking across in Heidi's office, and they're sitting there with their masks on, ready to come come over here and, and do their segment. Let you know that. If you got a question still, send it to me via email to Dave at SalemLR.com. And that segment brought to you by Bumper to Bumper right here on uh, the station. You know, we don't want to. We don't want to miss any of of that. On uh, Friday, I've got things planned for Friday. Uh, you know, we got a lot of movies that are getting ready to open. Uh, there's uh, Monster Hunter is going to be open. Mila, she's going to be coming out, and that's been been looked forward to uh, for for a lot of time, about a year and a half now. I'm going to go see that uh, myself Thursday night. So I'll be talking to you about it Friday. And uh, also, just so you'll know, uh, that there's a new movie. It's called uh, Fatal, and I didn't even know Hillary Swank had a new movie coming out. hadn't seen it being hadn't seen it on television or anything. So it kind of looks like a basic instinct type of movie. Guy has a an affair or something, and I guess somebody's going to end up dead, and well, it's going to point towards him. So we're going to. Uh, you know that that movie is going to happen i'm going to see that friday night so i won't be able to talk about it friday during the show but i'll i'll be ready to talk about it the next week uh as far as tomorrow jr is going to be on with seth they'll be in the first hour uh david lucas will be on tomorrow what is the reset remember we talked about that what is the reset find out uh tomorrow on the dave elswick show in the seven o'clock hour Right now, 6 o'clock, that's when you listen to me again, and we'll be talking to uh, Joe and Duck about cars. So join me then. Till then, 6 a.m. live tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
into the 6 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, I think we're on at 7 tonight, if I'm not mistaken, just so we know. Uh, because uh, was it uh, the folks from American Flag and Banner were on at 6. So here we are, and we're ready to talk about cars, guys. <coughs> Let me tell you what. Joe loves coming in here and talking about cars because he's tired about talking about houses. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm telling you, uh, never, ever do any type of construction in the year of 2020 during COVID, I promise you, because it's not going to get done properly. You can't get nothing done. It's crazy. I know. It's it's, uh, it's painful because you'll plan everything in the guys are supposed to be there and then they'll show up and their guys didn't show up and then it's delayed and it all cascades at that point you're absolutely right dave and the price of materials has went up real high too so yeah have you whatever you've had it figured out is just like twice that material wise price wow have you checked the price of osb boards yes sir i bought uh 10 sheets for 300 dollars i and they were uh, 25 dollars 26 dollars piece so yeah, what do they normally run six seven dollars yeah Whoa! I mean, at the worst I ever seen was twelve, thirteen bucks. So they've yeah. doubled. Yep. It just you can figure just usually pitiful. about on average ten dollars, and they've doubled in price, over doubled in price. Well, a lot of it's the home projects going on through the COVID, and a lot of it is all the hurricanes we had. Yes. Well, that definitely yeah. will have effect on wood products, no yeah, doubt. Absolutely, because it they're taking a them down there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, two before used to you could buy a stud grade two before. Or dollar eighty, dollar ninety, Not more, or three dollars now. I was going to say, I ain't seen dollar eighty in a long time. But you know, fewer. Price, Go ahead. Doug. I was pricing metal for a roof. My old building is my older part of the building. Is the roof's getting soft on it, and uh, the guy priced it about two months ago, and I had another guy pricing it. So, in between two months ago and today, he called me yesterday. I come by the shop yesterday and said, "Hey, have I had two increases on metal?" Wow. Went up about $1,400. Whoa. Well, you know, $20 is one thing. $1,400 mm-hmm. is a totally different story. Yeah, just materials. Wow. It's, it's absolutely crazy. If you were building a house today and uh, say you were going to build a $250,000 house and you had it priced uh, 18 months ago, uh oh, you couldn't do it today. For that price, materials yeah, run you three twenty five. Yeah, and then when you got through, your house still only worth two hundred fifty. Well, that's exactly right. And so you're like, man, I'm in the hole on this for seventy five grand. Yeah, that's not what you want. That means when I, when I take you know and get the keys to it and walk in. You know what that means? It means I don't build a house. That's correct. I bet it stopped a lot of people from doing it. You know, I'm yeah. not a contractor, but that's I why you don't do new construction now. You go out mm-hmm. and look at what's on the market. And uh, say, well, this might need a little bit of work, but I don't have to buy or or go out and build a new house. Well, like mine, I got it for sale. It's ready to move into. I had it completely repainted outside, inside. You know, had you know, and that's these people that's buying it. That's you know, that's what he said. I want something I can move into. Turnkey, touch it. That's what they call that turnkey. Mm-hmm. And it's empty. That's going to be my problem when I sell mine, is getting it empty. Oh, God. <laughs> and where am I going to put things that I don't want to get rid of? You know, because, you know, some of my stuff, I'll sell it, but it's going to take, it's it's unique stuff. I've got, you've been to my house, Joe. Sure. 
I've got out in my garage, I've got 800 pounds of weights, and I've got my steel cage for mm-hmm. lifting and things of that nature. Not everybody's going to want one of those. Dave, you just you get your order, you want one of them 36-yard dumpster, <laughs> and you pick it up and shut your eyes and throw it on in there. Well, I'm not going to throw that away. I'm I'm holding on to that. But, yeah, I'm, I've, I get, um, you know, the little mini bins. I'm going to get two of those and fill them up and have right, them just, haul it out. Just take pictures, put it online, it'll sell, Dave. Well, Trace, yeah. I sold four $5,000 worth of stuff because we had a five-bedroom house. We went down to a two-bedroom house. That means you downsized a lot. We went from 3,500 square feet to 1,300 square feet. <laughs> a lot. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Either that or you go back to the back bedrooms and there's no room for beds. Oh, no, they all got beds in them. <laughs> but that was one of my stipulations when she wanted to downsize houses, which I did too. I wanted to downsize yard. That's uh, what I yeah, wanted. Yeah, you're tired of doing yard work. So, And I told her, I said, you're not going to have a trail through this house that I had to walk through and <laughs> stump my toe. So she didn't. I mean, it's it's pretty well open. But, you know, we, we give all the kids got whatever they wanted, and then she sold a bunch. And one of my guys at work, I give him almost a new bedroom suit. And, wow. You know. I need to come work for you. I'm just saying I need to come work for you. You're giving away bedroom suits. That's well worth coming over and working Here's for. Here's a king size, too. <laughs> yeah. I've got my bed. I got my California king size mattress. That's what I'm this one was. Go to bed, and if I lay in the middle of my bed and extend my arms, I can't touch either side. That's good. I like that. I like a lot of room. I really do. I don't like to be crowded at all when I'm in bed. I want to. Here's the funny thing, though. I get up on the edge of the bed and turn on my side, onto my right side, and go to sleep. And I wake up on the edge of my bed on my right side. And the whole rest of the bed is just open for for my wife and whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And and it doesn't move. So, I mean, somebody could sneak in there and bed with us, and I'd not even know it. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. Just, it's like it's – like, <laughs> he's giving me the look right now. It's like that commercial. Remember the commercial you say to fill up the wine glass and set it on the bed, and the mm-hmm. people would be jumping on the bed, yeah. and the wine wouldn't be, you know, spilling? Yeah, and that's kind of how it is on, you know, as far as me, you know. Good. Yeah. My granddaughter here a couple of years ago, she wanted a, a purple mattress. I think yeah, that's what purple. it's called. Yeah, that's a deal. I, I laid on that jogger. I'd be in trouble on that. I never would wake up. <laughs> yeah, that's the way it works. Man. That is the most comfortable bed I ever seen. It it have have did you see it when it got there? Yeah, when it they had all rolled up in that box. And you, you got to open it up, and then you got to let it form, and it takes about a day and a half for it to completely uncompress. Mm-hmm. And they stink at first. Whew. Smells bad. I know that, too, because I, I bought my son. But they are comfortable, though. Oh, yes, they are. If you can't sleep on that, it ain't because of the mattress. It's because of you. <laughs> Just so I, don't, that. I don't like a soft mattress. I like a firm mattress. Mm-hmm. And the purple one is firm. Yeah. It really is. All right. We want to do the uh, 2005 Kia Sorento. Is that what you wanted to do? We can do that. All right. This is a six-cylinder, three-and-a-half-liter engine. Brake light and battery light turned on, so I replaced my battery. I hooked it up, and the alarm kept blaring, and it wouldn't turn over. Took it back in to find out that they gave me the wrong battery, and not only that, the terminals on the wrong battery were flipped. 
I put the new battery in, and it works fine now, but the brake light has now come on, and so has the battery light. Can you give me any advice or know why this may have happened? Yes. All right. <laughs> well, you put a battery in backwards, that's the reason. you got cause and effect. The effects of that is going to have a... Uh, it's going to have a main fuse link blown. It's probably an 80 amp. And uh, what happens is that goes directly to the alternator. The alternator's not charging. The reason the ba- ba- brake light's on because low charging volts, right, Doug? Exactly. And they're lucky they didn't even start it. That's what I'm thinking, too. You know, they're lucky they didn't burn, let all the magic smoke out, Dave. Yep. <laughs> and you can't put the magic smoke back in. Yeah, uh, you can put it back in, but it's with a new part. Yeah, it's expensive to put it back in there. Okay, so let me ask this question. What should you do? You got somebody who sold you the wrong battery. I don't know there's anything you can do because, you, you know. You can't go I, back to them and say, hey, you gave me the wrong battery and it's done damage to my car. It's never an put installation it in. problem. The it ain't the battery. It's to whoever didn't put it in. Yes. All right. So now it's time. Hopefully it's not them. If they didn't do it, then they can go back to the person well, who put it in. A lot, of, a lot of parts places will install a battery for you. If they put the battery in for you and they hooked it up backwards, yes, it's on them. If you, if they sold you a battery and you went home and put it in and you put it in backwards or they re, the posts were reversed and they didn't sell you the right battery, they're going to say, well, you should have brought it back and we gave you the right one. Mm. It's not their installation. But I just, a lot, of, a lot of parts places you can pull up out front and they'll do that for you. But it's getting more complicated today, isn't it, Doug? Yes, so you have to have a scan tool after you put that battery in to, to tell, tell it, it that you've replaced it, right, Doug? Exactly. And he's very lucky he didn't burn the ECM up, TCM no. up, battery control module. Absolutely. He's very, very lucky. It yeah. ain't like it used to be in the old days. Nope. I'm just telling you. No, that all batteries looked the same. All batteries had the exact same charge in them. The only thing you had to look for was what's the cranking power of it. How many cranking amps? Yeah. The How only, many cold cranking amps? The only battery out there that actually was foolproof that you could not buy one that was a reverse post on it was the old GM side post terminal battery. Yes. They were all exactly the same. Okay. The diehard wasn't the same? Well, if it was a side post battery, the positive and negative were always on the same side. Yes. Okay. Now, today's world, GM and all the other manufacturers have got top post batteries, side post batteries, unipost batteries. You can buy them opposite, but you have to request a reverse post on it. Now, everything I've ever bought, you know, the poster on the top said plus under one of them and And negative on the other one. But it's depending on which side that's on. For instance, if you look at a battery in the poster (laughs) facing you, is the positive on the right or the left? When you take that battery out, you look at that, and when you look one up for it, you want it to be the same. And and uh, there's a, there's a, there's a lot goes into batteries today. Even even if it, the posts are right on it, and you put the battery in, if it's the wrong cold cranking amps, and this vehicle is is equipped with a amp clamp on it uh, to tell the computer, because most alternators now are computer controlled, to tell it what the charging volts are and what the amp draw is on that battery. So it knows how much to charge it. If you put the battery in there with the wrong amperage on it, the wrong size, <laughs> undersize, especially undersize, it'll overcharge that battery, won't it, Doug? Oh, yeah. It'll cook, it'll cook the, the, the stuff out of it in a heartbeat and ruin it. Yeah, I just had a person, a friend of mine, was driving home the other night and lost power. And 
we were able to make it into a a business's parking lot mm-hmm. and just had to and that was on late friday night and so uh didn't get towed out until monday and taken over alternator mm-hmm. had to be replaced and alternators used to be a wind in a song it ain't the way that way anymore with alternators anymore they no. put one on a day dave it paid eight hours to put off later on it it's eight hundred and something dollars you had to drop the k-frame down you had to pull the drive shaft out of it and everything I think that's interesting. You said K-frame. Mm-hmm. You got to go back to the seventies, to the eighties, for the K car to get the K-frame. Oh, that K-frame still out today. Yeah, they came out there. What was, the, what was it, that uh, guy's name? Uh, Lee Iacocca. Lee Iacocca. They call them subframes, you know. Yeah. Uh, but but it's still it is what it is. It's the same thing, you know. If you set it down there on the ground and look at it, it's kind of designed like a K. It's got two short ones on the front, two long ones on the back, and the motor and the transmission mount to that and then it bolts to the unibody of the car pretty smart that they're still using it today lee iacocca had and his engineers had a pretty good idea i remember that that was the big deal back in the in the earlier uh, 80s get a k car yep there was a mini them sold i i bought one of them i bought one of them sight unseen coming from guam and i picked it up in las vegas because if i picked it up in in los angeles where i landed it would have cost me about $500 more for all the pollution control crap that was on it. <laughs> yep. So I told them, forget that. I'll pick it up in Vegas, and it didn't have any of that on it mm-hmm. as far as that was concerned. All right, we're going to get uh, get a break here. Before we go to break, let me talk about bumper to bumper. And uh, I can't imagine having the problem that this guy had with the uh, battery from a bumper to bumper store. It wouldn't happen there because they don't install batteries, first off. If he had showed up at one of their stores, they would have said, all right, we can test this battery for you and tell you if it's bad or not. But they would have returned him. They would have referred him to a bumper-to-bumper certified service center. Depending on what store he was at, it would be one of them that they service, right, Doug? Yes. And then it would have been installed properly, and he would have saved all this anguish. Sometimes trying to save a little bit of money can cost you a whole bunch, possibly a whole bunch on this one. Don't know yet, even after you fix the fuse links that are burned out. Is everything else going to work right? Okay, so what is the big battery now? I mean, is it interstate? Is it is Die Hard even around anymore? Yeah, they're still around. Okay. Technically, batteries, there's only like three companies in the United States that make batteries. Yeah, PIN. They make them for specific however that manufacturer wants. You know, I, I, I can say this, that the batteries, the cheaper the battery, the less, uh, the less leads in it. I can tell you that. Yes, and if you buy, and, and the EPA mandates how much lead you can put in a group size battery, but if you buy the one with the most lead in it, it's the heaviest and it's going to last the longest, Dave. I always buy the one that's going to give me the code crank amps that I want, and that yes. typically is going to be a heavier battery. You need to buy the one that's specific for that vehicle, because yes. the load on that vehicle, how what kind of electronics it was born with, depends on the battery. And it depends on the alternator telling what to do. It's all you need to you need to put back what it was born with, what it was made with. All right. Just remember, bumper to bumper parts, two years, twenty four thousand uh, miles warranty. Buy it with a bumper to bumper credit card, three years, thirty six thousand mile warranty. All right, let's break and we'll come back. Duck and uh, Joe are with me until the top of the hour. We'll return in a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. 
back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Corey has a 2015 Dodge Charger RT, eight-cylinder, 5.7-liter engine. Okay. The issue is there's no consistency on a stutter and or loose of power uh, when they're accelerating. One minute it runs great. The next is when the stutter bogging occurs. Going uphill at 55, I lost power to 44 before it takes off. The next I hit 93 with no issue. It has codes P0171 and P0174. To lean bank one and two. Seems to be when the motor's warm and the fuel is a half tank or less. So far, I've replaced O2 sensor 1-1 and 2-1, as well as the MAP sensor, MAF sensor, purge valve, and the fuel pump relay. Now, this is one of the number one major problems, hanging parts on your car. Yes. I've taken it to a local mechanic who stumped, advised the fuel pressure is high upon startup, but evens out as engine warms up to be almost spot on. The strange part is when the engine warms, that is when I experience the issue. It's never upon startup or within the first hour or so of initial, of initial startup. Is it the fuel pump? Got any suggestions or ideas? Thanks. All right, guys. I got a couple, that's for sure. You know, when, when you start a fuel-injected engine cold, that's when it runs its richest. Yes. And as it warms up, it leans the fuel mixture out. And what he's experiencing here, and, and his O2s are telling him that the fuel is lean after it warms up. So yes. it, it's not getting enough fuel, but why? Is it a weak fuel pump or a low-volume fuel pump, pressure-wise uh, pressure wise versus volume? Or is it uh, sucking in unmetered air somewhere and leaning the mix out? And I would almost, <coughs> it's a 2015, Yes, and I bet it's sucking air somewhere well, you get you get unmetered air in there, and and it ma- it changes the mass airflow readings, and and he needs a scanner on this, and somebody is qualified to fix it because there are a lot of areas to look at here. Yeah, it needs to be smoked. Yeah, it needs to be, have a smoke test on it, look for vacuum leaks. It needs a fuel pressure gauge on it when you go drive it, see what it does on hard acceleration. Yep. It needs a scanner on it to see what you got as far as the O2 readings. And, and if and if they're switching back and forth. I bet they're not. He said no. at least why he's got the, those codes That's why he's got the two codes in it because they're not moving. And, you know, and he, he replaced them thinking they was bad, which they're usually not bad. Yeah. And, and, and he's been working on it, and these other guys have been working on it. But I'm going to say most likely that if, if he gets it checked, I bet you that the fuel pump for that year model, 2015, it technically, I don't know what the mileage is on it, but – I'd be really looking at the volume of the fuel, wouldn't you, Doug? Yeah, I'd say is, I'd say it's probably low fuel pressure. Could be a vacuum leak. You know, it needs to be smoked <laughs> to make sure. But uh, you can put it on the computer and look at the wavelengths and and look at the pump and see how many amps it's pulling and everything. Get you a pretty good idea of where to go starting. And, and a lot of times, what you guys do is you hook up your computers and then you go out and drive it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, most time we take two people, one watching. Another one driving. Another one driving. Or, you know, we'll take the computer if we ain't got two people and put it on the on, uh, video, and, it, and it'll record the whole thing while you're driving, and you can go back and look at it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go back and sit. You can go pull over somewhere and sit still and 
when it does it, then you can catch it on the computer and look at it. But most likely, he's going to have a fuel pump problem. Okay. I wouldn't just throw a fuel pump fuel pump in yeah. it though. No, it's not cheap. Yeah. You know, well, not only that, you know, it's 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 expensive, but you know, you may sling seven eight hundred dollars at it, and that not happen. No, that's why that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that that is the cause if you're going to spend that much money. And it needs to be smoke test, and it could be simple as a vacuum line rotted off of it. Could be simple as a mouse got in it, chewed it off. Yeah, we know about we know about mice now, don't we? I got a motorhome come in yesterday. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back after the news. That's happening right now here on the 6 o'clock edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Back with you. Joe is here from Joe's Garage over on Crystal Hill Road in North Little Rock. And then Duck is here from Duck's Garage. He's down on Airlane Drive in Benton. I've been at both of, of these facilities. Joe is the man who takes care of my car, has for nearly 20 years now. And in that time, I've had two cars. <laughs> <laughs> Dave likes to keep his. He, I, he loves them. I, you know, I like you know, the dealership's going to be mad at payment. you. What? Dealership's going to be mad at you. Yeah, well, they technically, are. you've had three, Dave. That's true. You had you had the van yes. that you bought that we were talking about. Yeah, I brought that from Indianapolis. Yeah. And you've had the Pontiac. Yeah. And you've had your uh, Acadia. Yeah. Well, I, take the, I had a G4. Yeah. And the G4 wasn't my fault. That was somebody carrying cinder blocks on the back of a trailer <laughs> mm-hmm. and dropped them right in front of my wife and it could they broke humpty dumpty and he couldn't be put back together again that's what it, that's they what knocked it all him came off back. the wall huh? yeah boy that that you know it was a great car i loved that car it was a beautiful beautifully designed car but that that uh, hard top roof the electronics in it you knocked that off a little bit you'd never get it right again well, you can't twist them around and and make it make it work right without no wind noise or water leaks or operational problems and something. Yeah. Well, it amazed me because they brought it over and I I wanted Joe to look at it before I ever accepted it. And uh, you could sit inside the car and could tell that if it rained, it's going to leak. It was going to leak on you. Mm-hmm. All right. As far as that, then the color of the. The right front uh, didn't match. Didn't match with the rest of the car, mm-hmm. and it was just a mess. I mean, it was a mess. I liked what Joe did. He looked at, <laughs> he got the appraiser there, and he says, "I want you to look at that because the what was it? The front was like the mm-hmm. left was like two inches in front of the right." And uh, <laughs> he looked at that, and he says, "You know who Dave Ellswick is?" And the guy said, "Yeah." He says, "You think he's going to accept that?" <laughs> 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 and the answer on that is. Uh, no, I think we should probably say that this is a car that needs to be replaced. And you sure. said that's what I told you at the very beginning. Yeah, I told him to total it. Yeah, listen. <laughs> that's what he told him. Yeah. Anyway, it, it, look, your your mechanic, your your technician comes in to play in a lot of different ways. Because what I did is that I said I wanted joe to do the uh, alignment on my car mm-hmm. when they were ready to release it and he put it up on his specialty rack that he's got at that time mm-hmm. he was way ahead of everybody technologically and i'm going to tell you what there i've been you know i've been one of those cars that you drive down behind and it's like looks it's going straight but it's like 
trying to looks like it's trying to turn to the left <laughs> or to the right. It's dog legged. Yeah. Okay. Is that what you call? That's it? What they call it's a diamond in it when when all four corners are not perfectly square. One of them's back. That creates a diamond look. And and you you're never going to get the car to drive right like that because you <laughs> you have you have to do the rear and then the front. And the front's got to match the rear. And if the front's off and it don't match the rear, it's going to go down the road crooked. It's going to wear the tires, cup them out, and you're going to have drivability issues as well as other things when when they're out like that. You know, and like I explained it to that guy, Dave, I said, look, man, he's got a lot of issues here, and they ain't right. Yeah. And they're not never going to be right. No. You you can play with this and keep fighting and fighting and fighting. Well, they had stretched it, remember? Yeah, they they had it over at the frame shop and pulling on it. And I said, man, you ain't going to get it back right. Mm Mm-hmm. One gets that bad off, you can't. You, it won't never come back. Well, you know, you're better off to just uh, stop right now. Is what I told him. I said, "Lick your wounds and go on." Yeah, because they had spent a lot of money yes, on it. I said, and take this to auction. And I said, you know, and and sell it and get rid of it or do whatever you want with it. But and I said, Dave ain't never going to accept it. And nope. I said, I said, <laughs> all I can tell you is that it doesn't pass my inspection, and I'm not going to give it a thumbs up. So yeah, you're, you you got problems here. And, mm-hmm. and and as they used to say at Marvel Comics, enough said. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> That's enough said. I ain't saying any more. Just telling you. The guy was until, really until, nice, though. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah, he was a nice, nice guy. guy yeah. The guy over at that place out on I-40, wasn't mm-hmm. He was a jerk. Well, he wanted to get paid. Well, he wanted to get paid. <laughs> and the other thing was, I walked in and I knew I had a problem when he said, yeah, I listen to your show. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, uh-oh. Yeah, I'm in the wrong location. <laughs> this is not going to be good. He's yeah. not there any longer, by the way. He's not there. All right. Do we want to do Kevin here? Sure. All right. Kevin's got 2006 Nissan Pathfinder LE six-cylinder four-liter engine. He says, when I start it cold, it shifts into gear and goes through the gears just as it should. Once it warms up, driving less than a mile... It acts like it's in neutral and doesn't work right again until it cools back down. Now, one thing you got to remember is that when you're talking about your car warms up, if you have things that swell, they swell and and and, and help. But when they get cold, they uh, contract, and maybe that's causing the problem. Well, I think on this one is the year model and the engine size. <laughs> okay. Because that particular year model, they had some problems with the transmission control module. They mounted it inside the transmission, and the problem was the radiator cooler would leak and get water in there, wouldn't it, Duck? Yep. Uh-oh. And, and, and what the water in the fluid does, when the clutch plates get hot and swell up, that water expands and it pushes the clutch material off the plate itself and it ends up in the bottom of the pan and then you fire it up cold and as you take off driving it sucks all that debris up and stops the screen up and then uh-uh. it quits pulling you can let it set for a little bit and that debris will drift back off that screen you can fire it up and you can drive it again till it restricts Pulls the flow it back again. Up again that's it but most likely it's going to need a transmission and a radiator to fix this vehicle yeah i okay. bet you can pull a dipstick out of it and it's going to be milky um Kind of, it kind of looked like Pepto Bismol. Yeah, be, be like a chocolate. I'm mean, excuse me, a strawberry milkshake. Okay, I don't like yeah. strawberry milkshakes, and I definitely don't like it when it's on a dipstick. <laughs> no, it gets expensive. <laughs> quick, a, a mid-state transmission guy, right there. Yep, exactly. that's, that's, for, that's for Gary Henry. He'll mm-hmm. take care of you. We always tell you, uh, every garage 
specializes in something. You know, Henry, it's transmissions. When I talk about Duck, it's it's the big wheelers, the 18-wheelers. He works on those constantly. The, you know, when you got specialty problems you can't figure out, that's when you turn it over to Joe because he's got, uh, you know, Mike and a lot of other guys over there that get into specifics of IT and all of that. Well, we try real hard to keep up with everything, and I got some guys that are really good on drivability, and Mike Jones is one of them. And uh, Dave, he had his knee replaced Monday. Yeah. Oh, he got it done, huh? Yeah, made it through surgery. He's doing good. He's on recovery road. So. Okay. How long are they telling him before he can come back to work? Probably somewhere in January, maybe middle of January. So. Okay, three, four weeks. He'll be, he'll be back to work, and he'll be kicking high. Well, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be feeling better. Yeah. Although, he, did he talk? Did he come over and talk to you about a knee replacement before he went in and did it? I was over at his shop Thursday. <laughs> yeah. Before he went, yeah. Yeah. We discussed it. So you were giving him the... Uh, I gave him the thumbs up. Some of the nightmare scenarios no. you might have to go through? No, I hope nobody ever has to go through that. Yeah. Yeah, you went through it tough, man. You really did. It was tough It for was you. about a year. It was a little over a year. Okay. But you got to do what they tell you to do. I, I mean, it may be may it be uncomfortable and whatever. I did exactly do what I was told to yeah. do. And the therapy people was one that tore it up. Yep, they did too much. Yep. You know, and they, they blew it. You didn't tell them you weren't going to be playing the NBA, huh? I should have told them that I wasn't going to be doing them but walking. <laughs> but I have got it up to, I walked 1.7 miles yesterday. Good job. That's great. I'm, I'm, I got a two-mile goal. And I well, got you're it. going to make that by middle of January. No, I'm going to make that by the middle of this week. Oh, you are, huh? Yeah. Well, don't push it too hard. But uh, I got it. I can walk it. I walked that mile on 7-10 yesterday, which now it was cold, too, so I was... I was hot footing it all around because I done got cold, but I walked it in 26 minutes yesterday. Wow, nice job! But uh, you know, it uh, gets a little better. The time I got, I got, I was about a 200 yards from the truck yesterday, and it started burning. So I knew I was, I was about as far as I could go with it. It was heating up too much. Yep, that's what was going on. All right. It's all right. Abby's got a 19. We're going back to old car here now. Old car. And it's funny for me to look at 1995 and say old car. Uh, 1995 Cadillac Fleetwood Brome, eight-cylinder, 5.7 liter. Hey, guys, my oil pressure light came on when I was at a stop sign and had to inch it off the road. So I checked the oil stick, and it was well below the ad line. So did an oil change and was running fine again. Drove around for 15 minutes the next day. And the same thing happened again. Low oil pressure light at stoplight. Both times the car was at a slight uphill angle, and it was cold and raining, and the car has been having some electrical issues. Dashboard lights out, flickering interior lights, driver's side turn signal flickering very fast. Didn't notice any leaks, uh, leaks until under the car either. So do you all think there is an issue with the oil pressure itself or that the car has an issue reading the oil pressure and is telling the engine to shut down? Well, that's a pretty easy test, isn't it, on that one, Doug? Mm-hmm. Put a manual oil pressure gauge on it and see what it's got. But it, it sounds to me like that it's probably stopped up. I, what I was thinking to say, it's probably got a pan full of sludge. Yeah. Uh, and, and what the sludge will do, gravity says it ends up in the bottom of the oil pan. 
and, and you start it up cold, and it's it's back to the oil pump's got a pickup screen down there. It's sucking all that debris up, and it finally restricts it, and it can't suck any oil. If it can't suck none, it can't pump none. Mm-hmm. That's right. So you're you're back to you know hook oil pressure gauge you got up problems, on it, and you can sit in the shop and fast idle it. You don't even have to go drive it. You no. can, you know driving down the highway, you're going to average what fifteen hundred, two thousand RPMs. You can sit right there and hold it and watch that gauge. And if that gauge starts dropping off and goes down, you know exactly what's wrong. It's restricted. Yeah, and on that Cadillac, the motor got to be dropped out, get the pan off of it. Yeah, or all the K frames got to be pulled out from under. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be costly then. Yeah, well, it's twenty five year old car, and that's and there's, true. There's not there's not much you can can say about that. I don't know what the mileage is on it. We didn't get that. No, it, and and she's got these other issues with the dashboard lights flickering. There's things going. Lights. It's going down, is what you. The hear. driver's yeah. side flickering real fast. That's because it's got a bulb out. Yep. And and, and I, I don't know if the car would be worth spending the money on it to fix it. You'd have to determine what kind of condition it is in. You know suspension transmission yeah, to look at everything and, else yeah, and then make a call on it because there are times when cars get 25 30 years old you got to decide am i want to spend any more money on this because the cars only worth this amount right and if you spend more on it than what the car is worth your that, option you got to drive it forever that's it. you got to drive it yeah. to get your money back and will it drive that long because of what condition the rest of the cars yeah are? you know you don't know about the transmission you don't know about the brakes you know you don't know about the suspension under it uh and some of them Cadillac suspensions can get bad expensive real quick. Well, yeah, the age of it says if it ain't been worked on, it's due. Yeah, it's, it's due you. struts and bushings and brakes, you know, and brakes and everything whatever. else. You know, and struts aren't thirty dollars a no. piece anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Yeah, learned that out the hard way a couple of years ago. But they last longer. Yeah. Well, you got to you got to remember that we travel further in today's world than we used two years ago. Yes. And so the mileage and the road conditions and our roads are absolutely horrible in Arkansas. That constant beating and banging wears out the suspension components, I promise you. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love the work. But, you know, I just know that if they ever get the roads fixed here and smooth them up, <laughs> that part of that side of my work's going to go down some. But, you know, I, I'm sure there'll be other things that we could concentrate on to make our revenue back on that. But. You know, nobody in that I know of in this bumper-to-bumper certified service center ever tries to sell somebody something they don't need. Yeah. Well, I would. But it, it's a matter of, you know, is the car safe? Sometimes we prioritize, don't we, Duck? Yes. It's a big list. Say, well, you got to have this because that's dangerous. Now, this over here just loose, but it's not dangerous, but it'll wear the tire. You can drive it like that for a little bit, save up some more money, and come back, and we'll fix that. So, you know, it, it's the way you word things to a customer. And if you give them all the information, they can make good decisions about it, can't they, Doug? Yes. And a lot of times I explain to somebody, I had a guy wanting to put a motor in. And I said, look, you know you're going to have to drive this car three or four more years or pick up before you can ever come out. You can't put a motor in today and then turn around and go try to trade it next week. Right. You know, if you're going to do that, go trade it just like it is, you know. And he said, looked at me and he said, I think it's time for a new one. All right. We're going to take a break, final break, and then we'll be back with Joe and Duck and your car questions here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, final segment of the Dave Ellswick Show. During the break, I was telling uh, Joe and Duck about some of my uh, fun times I had at Universal Studios in Orlando over the weekend, and they have a brand-new roller coaster 
over in Harry, the Harry Potter land. Roller coaster adventure. Oh man, I love roller coasters. <laughs> Heidi, you kind of, you're kind of a Harry Potter guy, or lady. Uh, tell me, what is the big guy's name? It's got the beard. Uh, Hagrid. Hagrid. Yeah, the the ride is named after him. And I'm just going to tell you what <laughs> that was a fun roller coaster. But I'll give you one little tip: if you go and you're going to ride it, time it so. It's dark when you ride it because it's a fun thing to do on a roller coaster when you don't know what's coming up. And you, if you're on this roller coaster and you cannot see the track in front of you, it's whipping you left and right and up and down, and it's crazy. It, it was just fun. It was a lot of fun. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And that's from a 67-year-old man, all right? <laughs> all you young uh, teenagers out there to sitting on the side, stuck in your thumb, scared about riding it. You know, have some fun. It, it's safe. You know, it's not like it's not safe. It's just they're going to just challenge you. But you answered a question for me, Joe, that I had, and that was, I said, most roller coasters back in the day, mm-hmm. they took you way high and then dropped you so that you had the speed to get through the rest of the roller coaster for mm-hmm. the most part. There was a couple of places where it would climb you up another hill and drop you, and it was it was uh, using gravity to get you through. Now it's not that way. I'm going to tell you what. When they decided to put you on this roller coaster and start you, you went from zero, I'm, I'm going to say probably 60, mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. Sure. And you said it's because it's electric. That's correct. Electromagnets. You know, you'd ride a whole roller coaster and going up, you go click, 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 yeah. click, 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 click. And then when you got to the top and got over, then it would go speed up real fast because they would put you on a real sharp downhill to get the speed up. Yes. And those ones, like you said, this one was actually indoors, right? Yes, it was. And well, get, part of it was yeah. indoors. But, but to get that kind of speed that fast, they used an electric motor. Now, what's really crazy about it is that, you know, you used to get be able to get prepared. Yeah. <laughs> the excitement was the click, 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 yeah, click, yeah, click, yeah. click, 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 Taking click, you up click. top. And if you sat in the very back, it would drop off the edge. And if you were in the back one, it looked like the whole roller coaster disappeared. And then all of a sudden, it whipped you over the top. That's it. Not this. I'm Number one, I'm amazed at how smooth they are now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, boy, that thing, it was like, it, it said, are you ready? Well. Too bad if you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down and hold on That's and be it. quiet. Well, you, I was like you, like I said, I was like on a motorcycle, holding on to it, and it about ripped my hands right off the handlebars. It took off so fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really had to put grip on it to, to keep myself sitting up and not whip backwards on it. It was really, it was a lot of fun. That's cool. If you go there, make sure you ride that one. You'll like it. I will warn you right now, it's such a popular ride. You'll be standing in line. We we stood in line for 109 minutes. Really? Yeah. And you had a free pass on all yeah. those guys, didn't you? Yeah. You everybody in. in the park wanted to ride that yeah, one. Yeah, everybody wanted to ride that one. Other ones that were, I thought, pretty good, uh, they had one for the mummy that's been around for a long time, but I'd never ridden it. That was really good, too. That was excellent. That's all done in the dark as well, which I like that kind of stuff. I just mm-hmm. like surprise me yeah. <laughs> and they did they were good all right final question for isaac a 2015 honda civic ex he's got a four-cylinder 1.8 just got a used transmission replaced new now radio and dash won't turn off 
I just got a used transmission replaced in my 2015 Honda Civic. Now the small screen on my dash and radio won't turn off. Draining my battery if I do not disconnect and reconnect the battery terminals. What can be causing the problem? Well, there's about 20 different things there. I I can't really venture in to explain it to him, but most likely it's going to have some grounds left loose or something's not plugged in right or they pinch some wires or, you know, the list goes on and on, don't it, Duck? Exactly. And I bet it's got grounds that's pushed to the side and never got to look back up. Okay. Because they're full of grounds and it has to have all them grounds for everything. And it's probably back feeding Joe. Yeah. Back into the dash trying to hunt the ground. Yeah, and it'll, it'll keep hunting. And you have to understand, that, let's just talk just a minute about a 2015 car with uh, what they call totally integrated power modules and uh, uh, all the electronics on them. When you take the key out of that car and walk away from it, it don't go to sleep right then. You're yeah. not turning everything off. You're requesting, and it's, t- and, and it's even monitoring whether or not you're still sitting in the seat. The key out of the car, nobody in the seat, and the door's locked, it'll finally start shutting down. It'll start going to sleep. Some cars today take 30, 45 minutes to completely go to sleep because this module says, all right, you can go to sleep. We're not going to need you. All right, you can go to sleep. We're not going to need you. That's why you can sit in your car, and you can shut it off while you're sitting in it. The radio keeps playing. Yeah. You, if waiting for you to exit the car, the door jam switch got open and closed. Man, if that door opens, boom, the radio goes off. You're sitting in it. If you got it on accessory, it's going to stay there forever for a certain period of time. But if it notices there's nobody in that car and you've locked it and you've left the key on the accessory, it's eventually going to turn itself off, isn't it? Yep. And it shut itself down. Yeah. Now hear music. Yep. Yeah. And it's the Beach Boys. Good song. We want to hear this. All right, Joe, thanks for coming over. Yes, sir. Thank, Thank you, Dave. You. All right, thanks for coming over, Duck. We'll see you guys again on next Wednesday as we do more car questions here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 6 a.m. tomorrow. I'll be here. J.R. Davis, Seth Mays, my first guest on the Dave Ellswick Show. Christmas comes this time each year. Merry Christmas. Christmas comes this time each year.